2: Episode 18 of the Illustrated Show. This is all about AEW, CM Punk, John Moxley. What's going on with All Out? What happened with that promo? What is with the rumors that CM Punk might be thinking about leaving AEW or is unhappy in AEW or whatever? How much of what we're watching on AEW programming is a response to WWE and Triple H taking over creatively? What is happening with the show? Where does everything go from here? We're going to have Norman on to talk about it this week. Enjoy episode 18 of the Sporster Show.
1: Yeah.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to the sports show my name is jim parsons i am here with sports.com and almost always because he wasn't here last week He was on vacation i think uh norman Quarantin is with us norman how you doing but
1: hey man i'm good yes back from vacation refreshed and ready to talk about some professional wrestling i and hear you went injury. on a
2: cruise or something
1: yeah i went on a cruise um with like some fat with family it was you know, I personally wouldn't go on a cruise with my on my own dime, but it was paid for by someone else. So I was totally happy to 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 go along. Uh, Yeah, it was fun. Saw a bunch of whales out of my balcony. Yeah, good stuff. Highly you, recommend it.
2: Are you one of those guys that likes going on vacation with your family, like being stuck on a boat with your family that you can't get away from? Are you one of those people that it's like, oh, yeah, that's OK. Or are you like, oh, my gosh, what did I just sign up for? I
1: weighed up the pros and cons and it kind of in the end, it, I think it was worth it in the end. Oh, good. <laughs> Yeah, because a lot of people can't stand uh, time with their family alone being stuck on a boat or an
2: island or whatever with them. So exactly. Yeah, worked.
1: I personally wouldn't pay to spend time with my family, but someone else was paying was, you know, it was all all expenses paid. So, yeah, I was happy to, to, to deal with some of the uh, annoyances just for the for the free vacation. Well, we're going
2: to talk a little wrestling, like you said, and this is the worst segue ever, but speaking of all expenses paid, the most expensive man probably in professional wrestling right now might be CM Punk. We don't know exactly what he's making, uh, but the big news today that is going to cover most of the content of this podcast is that there's all sorts of talk that he's not happy in AEW, that there's something going on behind the scenes there, potentially with Hangman Adam Page and his status in AEW or whatever this, I don't know. But so much so that Fightful Select has reported that he was almost going to no-show Dynamite on Wednesday. And as we record this, it is now Thursday, so we're less than 24 hours removed from Dynamite. What do you make initial reactions upon the shocking, and I say that with air quotes, I know this is audio, nobody can see me, but that CM Punk was unhappy and maybe was thinking about walking away.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, like a lot of people. So I, first of all, yeah. So this was uh, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Select who reported this and I'm, I want to be clear. I'm not questioning his reporting or anything like that. I, I totally believe that um his source that he was told this by sources within AEW. Um, But I think some of the information there is like not, when, like, when I say it's vague, I'm not saying that his reporting was vague. I'm just saying that, like, there's people telling him that, you know, CM Punk. I, I And also there, there was a lot of, like, may have been and could have been and not he was definitively X, Y and Z, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, look, we all know it's no secret that Punk is, um, you know, a little bit volatile. He can be a little bit. I don't I, he's, I wouldn't say I, I I can't say he's difficult to work with, but we know that he's he's, you know, He's he's very aware of how much of an asset he is and how talented he is. Um and he, you know, he knows his own value. And he's I don't think he's ever been he's never been in any company where there's he has he's been like, you know, completely zen backstage. Ring of honor, WWE. Um or my, the the thing is with those companies, it was very obvious when he wasn't happy, right? When he was at WWE, uh, he had big boo-boo, booboo face for those last, you know, six months to a year. It was very obvious that he wasn't having the best time there, um, which made sense, right? Because they were sort of working him very hard and, ma- and forcing him to work while he was injured and stuff. So he was well within his rights to be uh, disillusioned with life uh, at WWE. Uh, last night, his promo and his performance on Dynamite last night did not scream guy who is unhappy backstage to me um he's a good performer so he could have easily been hiding it uh so yeah my my take is that i think there maybe there is a little bit of real life heat between himself between punk and hangman and between punk and eddie kingston um maybe he did go off script a little bit and and touch touch a few nerves here and there that's he's done that throughout his entire career so i i i I'd be surprised if anyone who's working with him now was surprised by that. So yeah, I'm not sure. I'm really, I'm, I'm still processing this this report. Part of me thinks that it, it could be. It, it's so, it's so. I feel silly saying this because it, it, it really, This is rarely the case, but I do feel like there's a little bit of a work going on here. Um, he was teasing. He's been teasing a heel turn. He was teasing his heel turn on his promos last night. His, you know, I just feel like it's kind of convenient that the information we're getting is kind of tying in fitting slotting nicely in with the story that they're telling on on tv
2: well let's give a little background for those that don't really know what's going on if you're listening to this podcast you probably do but just for the sake of clarifying exactly what happened on dynamite and what has led into today's news um so hangman adam page was the AEW champion His run was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't uh, maybe what they were hoping it would be. He felt more like a transitional champion than anything. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but Mm. CM Punk came back uh, to AEW or debuted in AEW or whatever the case might be uh, while Page was a champion. So it kind of overran, overshadowed his run as the title holder. CM Punk uh, is about to beat Hangman Page for the title at the pay-per-view. They have a promo in the ring. Page basically calls out CM Punk and his backstage demeanor and saying, look, I'm the champion. I'm, I know what it's like to be the champion says page. You don't have championship material. It's not just what you do on TV. It's what you do behind the scenes. It's what you do in the locker room. It's how you deal with people. Now, the belief there is that prior to CM Punk winning the title from page that there was either some truth to that or Punk didn't like it. He didn't like being called out on it or whatever. And that's where the heat potentially comes from. With Hangman Adam Page because Page was like, I'm def- I'm not just defending my title, I'm defending AEW from you being the champion. So that apparently didn't sit well. So now when Page when Punk comes out on AEW last night because he's now back and he's the champion and he'll face Moxley, uh, which we thought maybe might be it all out, but is now going to be next week. He calls out ha- Adam Page at the beginning of a promo that was supposed to be about John Moxley. Nobody seems to know why, other than it just seemed to kind of go off script and call him out when page was never going to show up to confront him, it wasn't scheduled to be that way from what we're hearing. Uh, he just did it. And so now everybody's like, well, what's going on with him and I hang out of page. Why didn't page show up He kind of looks like a punk now um, what is going on? And that may be where most of this story comes from that the punk was just really unhappy, whether it was how page made him look or this reputation that he might have backstage or that he's a whiny little baby and some, and to me, I'm one of those people in the court where if I were to ask you who is the one wrestler in the world of professional wrestling, who is the take my ball and go home kind of guy, it's CM Punk to me, right? Mm -hmm. He has had that reputation for a while. I think he still has it. I think he would do it. If push came to shove, Uh, if he wasn't happy, he would just up and leave. And Mm -hmm. I wonder if people know that I wonder if that's the rep he's got. And I will be fair in saying that I think he has, created revenue for AEW, he's been a big thing. But to me, CM Punk has always been in his AEW run. The we're hoping this really pays off. We're not sure that it has yet. Mm. Right? That's how I see him. That they're waiting for this. Man, Punk's got so much potential to be this big huge draw for AEW. And yes, his his initial debut was awesome, um but he's never really had a fantastic to me. Great match. He's Mm -hmm. he's been injured as soon as he became the champion. His it's been lackluster. His Mm -hmm. return, his debut has not been what you would hope of CM Punk being in AEW. I don't know if that's just pissed him off. If he thinks that too, whatever the case is, but I I believe he's not happy. Mm -hmm. I think there's something there to it. You might be right. It could be a work. He could Mm -hmm. be setting all this up with Hangman Adam Page for something down the road. But I believe he's pissed that Mm -hmm. this has not gone the way that he wanted to go. That people aren't looking at him like the savior of AEW, even though they didn't necessarily need saving. They just needed a big guy to come in and maybe elevate them to the level of WWE. I don't think he's done it, and Mm -hmm. so I wonder if that's where this is coming from. How off base do you think I am there?
1: I don't know. It's hard to say, Rick. I I I would just I'd be very surprised if he was unhappy i don't think the amount of money he's making and the amount of work i'm not saying that he's not putting in a shift right he's doing a lot of work at least he was before he got injured obviously he needed that time off to recover obviously that that injury did set i mean we don't know i would have loved to see what that what this storyline and the punk reign would have looked like if he hadn't got if he hadn't injured his foot shortly after winning the title it's just hard for me to picture him being like, I know he is a, yeah, you're right. He does have that reputation as like, I wouldn't necessarily, I think saying he's a take your ball and take, take the ball and go home guy, maybe a little bit harsh because WWE were, was like, he, yeah, he did do that at WWE, but are only, there's only so much a man can take, right. They were forcing him to work with a staff infection uh, and stuff like that. Um yeah, I just can't imagine he's that unhappy because he's making a lot of money and not doing not necessar- and and not doing anywhere near as much work as he was having to do at WWE. Um, so yeah, I I I, I would personally be surprised if he was legit mad. Um I, I I find it hard I'm finding it hard to sort of picture any kind of scenario where tony khan wouldn't just be able to say like look hangman punk you guys just you know kiss and make up because this is getting silly you know and maybe they did maybe there was heat, and maybe they have done that and maybe what we're seeing now is you know um is all storyline that's kind of been been you know sort of uh propelled by a real life rivalry backstage do
2: you do you think tony khan does not have a handle on his own locker room I I believe he's got problems. I think, you know, when you go back and you look at Cody Rhodes in the elite and Cody Rhodes leaving for WWE again, I believe there was some tension there. Mm -hmm. I think there are some people that they've brought in who have kind of an arrogant attitude about them, Mm. right? I believe that a lot of the guys who were hired, who were thinking in their own mind that they were going to help get this AEW thing going and really have been Pushed to the side uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of people who are the flavor of the week and they just get shoved. Like, I wonder if Tony has let his locker room mm-hmm. become a place of malcontent and people are not happy and there's some ruffling going on there. And yeah. I just, I don't know. Punk seems like the, since the moment he arrived, he's has said things in his media scrums and stuff like that, where he just gives us attitude. Like, look, I know why I'm here. Yeah. And I know why you hired me and I know mm-hmm. what I'm going to do and screw everybody else. Even though yeah. he has said, yeah, there's some guys I really want to wrestle with and there's some people I think I can put on good shows with um, stuff like that. But there's a lot of people he does not have a mm-hmm. good history with that work there. And yeah. I just wonder if Tony's cause he's trying to run everything all by himself. If that locker room's getting a little out of sh- shape. I mean, we've heard stuff about Miro and Andrade and other people that are like looking at this going, what the heck are we doing here? Mm. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know how true that is, but I wonder. Do you think that some of those big egos in that AEW locker room have started to create a place where that you know, lovely, everybody's so happy, it's AEW work environment is sort of going away?
1: Yeah, it definitely feels like the honeymoon period is over. And yeah, he does need to work on his man management skills. I I feel like he's try. I think he tries to be. Certainly, the perception I get is that he's trying. He tries to be one of the boys um maybe he sort of shies away from you know disciplining his his talent or his staff when necessary um i, I yeah maybe maybe has like uh, maybe he's considered a bit of a pushover by you know the people that work that work for him um yeah so i can totally it does it does seem like he based on mjf stuff and the cody road stuff yeah, he probably needs to clamp down, you know, he needs to, he needs to put his foot down a little bit and I'm not saying he needs to rule with an iron fist, like Vince McMahon, where no one's allowed to use Twitch and, you know, stuff like that, but there needs to be some sort of middle ground. I think, you know, I think we've got the laissez-faire AEW and then we had the sort of, uh, <laughs> dictatorship of WWE. There's gotta be some sort of middle ground.
2: Well, and part of the reason I asked that question is because I listened to those promos last night and, mm you know, for not only calling out Hangman on a page when there was no plan for page to show up. Mm -hmm. I think they took a picture. John Silver from Dark Order took a picture of him in catering at the time that that was all going down. He's like, uh, you know, like what's going on? I didn't expect that. But the Moxley promo too, right? Like Punk and Moxley. Like I do like the idea that AEW wrestlers have more freedom with their promos. But I also believe that you got to be careful with how much freedom you give people. Because that promo last night, while very very awesome, and the back and forth between Punk and Moxley, almost kind of broke down some fourth wall kind of stuff, was really like I believe when watching it, maybe they just did a really good job of this, but I believe there was like, man, these guys are gonna go like they they don't like each other, and they're coming up with some zingers uh, yeah. on the on the cusp, you know, or improvising some stuff here, and they're taking real digs at each other, and you know maybe that makes for great television, but what does that do for people backstage when you've got, you know, punk saying, you know, you're not even the best John, John I've beat in Chicago. You're not even the best. Uh, your buddy is not the second best. Or he's the second best Kingston I've ever shared a locker room with. You're the mm-hmm. third best guy in a faction again, you know, yeah. like all those things. Right. And then Moxie turns around. and's like, yeah, well you're only here for the money. Your, your fighting spirit ran out years ago. Like it's great television, but like, how, how does that not linger?
1: Yeah. I mean, and that was great. T- that was great stuff. And I really enjoyed that. But that's two guys that know what they're doing. Uh, just to go back to what you said about the AEW not having writers, there's a big we heard a lot of talk when AEW launched about them not having writers, and there was a big line in the sand where it's like, you know, um, they kind of pride themselves, and AEW fans pride pride themselves on on rooting for a company that doesn't have scripted promos. Now, I'm personally not a fan of scripted promos, right? In WWE, I think m- lot, most of the time they they just don't come across in an organic and enjoyable fashion. But I do think, again, this is I, I, I keep mentioning that there needs to be a middle ground somewhere, right? I, I there are people on that AEW roster that absolutely do need <laughs> need scripted promos. For now, they might get better at you know write, writing their own promos or delivering their own promos, but. You know, it's, and it's it's easy for them to say, like, we don't have scripted promos or we don't have writer, a writer's room for our promos. But even if it's something like, let's say you've got, like, you know, Anna J or someone backstage and Dean Malenko comes up and tells her to say something, you know, that's a scripted promo. And I'm sure stuff like that is happening. Right. So, yeah, like, I I, I think the... I kind of like I kind of went off topic a little bit there, but you you mentioning the scripted promos got me uh got me thinking. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. But the yeah. reason I'm saying
2: that is I'm just wondering like when we talk about Punk being unhappy, if he's unhappy, how many promos can a guy take? You know, between Moxley, Kingston, MJF, Hangman Hang Adam Page, yeah. all telling him he's a jerk. Yeah, and they all look like they mean it. Right, like, how many of those can you take if you're seeing punk before you're like seriously like come on you guys yeah like, after
1: a while punk's going to be begging for scripted promos I yeah i mean they're <laughs> and they're
2: all seemingly telling the truth and if this is the reputation that he has backstage while people are great it's, he's an AEW and it's good for us but like we hate him mm. it just seems like man okay like everybody hates me here what the heck right? Yeah. maybe he doesn't care i don't know but like you'd think at some point a person might go man i gotta fix my reputation back here like something is up where i'm just not a very beloved dude right
1: and and i will say you know work or not the honeymoon period is definitely over with punk there and then again and you know we've got the cold we've got the whole Colt cabana thing i don't think it's controversial to say that cm punk is a bit of a a bit of a jerk um you know you hear reports of him all the time he's he's just a little bit crotchy um You know, and for someone who doesn't drink, I get, you know, I don't, maybe that's why. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's why it's a so grumpy. Also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, yeah, I mean, the honeymoon period is definitely over there. I'm intrigued and interested and excited to see where it goes regardless. And, you know, this is our bread and butter. So we're, you know, obviously you and I are going to be lapping it up, whatever happens.
2: Well, speaking of where it goes, they've now moved. I don't know. Did they move like this match to next week? So I don't know. Was it originally scheduled to be at all out?
1: I don't think it was ever actually scheduled. Sk- scheduled i can't well actually i don't record look, i've been on vacation so I'm a little bit out well there. and
2: to be honest i was not looking at the card for all out yeah. with a you know a, i mean i wouldn't CGI. be
1: surprised if it's still if in some capacity mocks and punk still share a ring at all out and we get maybe a triple threat match maybe hangman's in there too um even though it's not typically the aw style i could see maybe them doing it just well i'm time.
2: hearing i'm hearing a lot of talk that the idea of putting this on free TV next week was one that they kind of wanted their Goldberg Hulk Hogan moment. And two that they've got something really big planned for all out so much so that it's bigger than Moxley and punk in the ring in a match title versus title. I don't know what's bigger than that. Um, but that's the rumor and speculation is that MGF is somehow involved in all this. Interesting. So if that's the case, then what are they doing? Are they having this match next week, hoping to pop a huge rating and then really build up something at the end of that show to get people interested in buying all out? Because Mm. if that's the plan, it seems crazy to me that you give this thing away on free TV when you could sell it on pay-per-view, unless you have something that you think is bigger and going to attract more people for all out. Mm. Um, And if that's the case, then next week dynamite should be very, very interesting. What what's your take of them giving this away on free TV?
1: I mean, I think it's I think it's fine to give away a big match like that every now and then on TV, give people something to tune into and something to look forward to. Um, I think the proof of the pudding is what happens after and what does end up happening. all out, right? If we end up getting to all out and it's a little bit lackluster, then we're going to say, well, maybe they shouldn't have put Punk mocks on TV and they should have saved it for the pay per view. But you know, I guess we'll we'll find out.
2: Well, I think people are going to be pissed if they have this match, it ends in a non finish, and then they just have it again at the right. pay-per-view, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's the one thing I think you can't do if you're a AEW is just do this match twice. Like it's not that good that you can go oh, we can, we can pump it out there twice and have people buy in both times. I think you either mm. need to change up the match for the pay-per-view and add another element to it, or you're going in a completely different direction, whether it's with the hangman page or MJF or somebody else. And you've got something big that you're doing. Uh, that's going to get like, Holy crap, what is going on here? Right? Like, you need that sort of a moment to, to be bigger than, than Punk and AEW. How much of this stuff, I want to switch gears a little bit, how much of what we're seeing with these non-scripted promos and what looks like a lot of reality-based stuff, and I know it got overlooked last night, like the Kenny Omega return, Brian Danielson's return, uh, you have Lay Punk's return, even like Andrade and Dragon Lee last night, it was really thrown into the end of Dynamite where he double-crossed the guy and ripped his mask off and the show went off there how much of what we're seeing on AEW right now do you think is a response to triple h taking over in wwe cliffhangers returning wrestlers from nxt um
1: do you think these two things are related um only I. i don't think they're any more related than they were before triple h took over i still i think you know that we know that they watch each other's shows and that they're kind of keeping an eye on on the rivals and, and just seeing what's going on there. I don't think Tony Khan's in panic mode because, you know, I look, we I love AEW, but they have been they've been playing second fiddle since they launched. Like it's gonna it's gonna take a lot for them to dethrone WWE in terms of ratings. So yeah, I don't think I don't think that Tony Khan is worried about um WWE eating into their ratings per se. I mean there's no clash with you know, there's not like there's a clash going on at the moment with with shows on at the same time or anything. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's any any more than, than usual.
2: I think more what I was thinking was like perception of what mm. AEW is, right? Because right. AEW has positioned themselves as the wrestling company. Even Kenny mm. Omega said it after they went off the air last night to the live crowd. He's like, we want to be known as the best wrestling company in the world. The Young Bucks mm. and I are in here, not for the money, not for the fame, not for what we want to. Change the way that you guys view wrestling. Well, Triple H coming in and taking over creative in WWE. There has been an obvious shift in Mm -hmm. WWE programming and a focus on in-ring wrestling. Mm -hmm. Um, People who have had stellar, like just look at Monday's Raw. How -hmm. many good matches there were? Three really outstanding matches on that three-hour show, Mm -hmm. and I think it's eating into the perception of what Tony Khan is worried. Separating AEW from WWE and mm-hmm. WWE was sports entertainment. They didn't really care about the wrestling as much as they cared about you know just the you know, shock value, but just like the the catchy things that would get your attention. Whereas AEW was always like, okay, we're the better wrestling product. WWE is very clearly showing now that their guys can go. And I wonder, do you think Tony Khan is thinking, oh man, like not only are they focused on wrestling again, Triple H more has the speed that I have in terms of how to present this product. But they've got some guys that can really wrestle. They're throwing in some cliffhangers, with Dexter Loomis at the end of one show, going off the air and stuff like that. Like, I just wondered. Heath, the ratings are one thing. I agree with you. I don't think they're there, uh, and it's a different ball game. But like the way they're going to present this product now, it's like, oh man, WWE. We thought we had something here. WWE's coming back and 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 coming at us in our own way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it's going to change it's going to force them to change tactics. And I think it, I don't think it will be that difficult if they, if they, you know, wanted to, to still, to still market themselves as the pure wrestling alternative to WWE, because even if, you know, we, we, we have had, obviously there has been a noticeable change since triple H took over, but, um, I think overall it is still like the, you know, it's still the Disney of professional wrestling. And I, I still don't, I don't think it's going to be, and they, like, they, they have a roster of, of workhorses. Um, I don't know. I still don't think it's going to be that difficult for AEW to sort of market themselves as the, like, you know, we are all about wrestling. You know, we have Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson in a two out of three falls match. I don't. Th- I think we might be a long way away from seeing anything like that on on Raw, but you know it, things are changing quickly, so I could be wrong. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't. I'm sure Tony Khan has taken notice, and I'm sure there is some. You know, I'm sure there's some kind of decisions being influenced by stuff going on over at WWE to an extent, but overall, I don't think they're they're hitting the panic button or anything just yet.
2: Yeah. I- I don't know that panic button for sure. That might not be the right term, but Mm -hmm. I do wonder if there's some sort of, if both companies are looking at each other going, okay, well, this is what you're going to do. We'll give you Mm -hmm. a little taste of your own medicine. Okay. Well, we better do this because this is the response we had to your show last week. Like WCW and WWE did it all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if AEW and WWE at this point now, because both Tony and Triple H sort of view their love of professional wrestling in the same way that they're kind of like, Hmm, we're competing at a whole different type of thing now, but you, yeah. Who knows? What do you make of the triple H changes so far? I mean, right now we've seen, you know, Kerry and cross. We've seen hit row. We've seen Dexter Loomis. We've seen Dakota Kai, EO sky, which was a Shirai. um, we've seen a lot of returns from NXT and they're focused on a lot of those guys, but we've also seen the highlighting of some really talented wrestlers, Chompa, mm. AJ styles. Mm-hmm. Um, these matches have been <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Owens going back to the prize fighter. What do you make of the changes he's made so far?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's great. Like, we talked on the podcast before about how WWE was desperate for just a change of cr- just any kind of creative overhaul. And it seems like we're getting that now, finally, after, you know, sort of 15, 20 years of kind of creative stagnation um with the odd period of of kind of a broken clock being right twice a day and getting something exciting like you know the shield or summer punk or whatever danielson uh brian daniel Bryan, um yeah so i think it's good and it's refreshing certainly so yeah i'm happy with what we've seen so far you know i'm not going to be fully satisfied until we get um chad gable versus johnny gargano in a two out of three falls match on raw that takes up 45 minutes but you know <laughs> you
2: know it'll be I, I like okay you said it you said his name uh i was gonna ask about what you thought maybe could be the next person to show up here and mm-hmm. bray wyatt was on the tip of a lot of people's tongue but johnny gargano's out there too right we've heard reports that he's yeah. interested in talking to triple h and now he'll with- be back yeah, do you think that's where he's headed?
1: Yeah, I, I I'd be very surprised if he doesn't return to WWE within the next six months and uh, probably even sooner. Um, we know him and Triple H have a very solid relationship. We know Johnny Gargano is a he's a WWE fan man. He loves. I mean, he's he certainly didn't leave NXT under a cloud or there was no bad blood there, right? He his his wife was his you know he's just had a baby mm-hmm. and that coincided with his contract expiring. So I think there was there was probably even a gentleman's agreement there where he was like, look, let me just go look after my kid for a bit and then I'll come back. You know, you guys are cutting corners here anyway. Um yeah, I think he'll be back and I think he'll he'll go straight he'll go straight back to the main roster.
2: Well and you know what? I think what we can't discount in all of this is his connection to Shawn Michaels. Like Absolutely, I, yeah. I I think he's close with Triple H. I think he's closer with Shawn Michaels. I think those two guys if not like father, son, brother, brother, I don't know how you want to class- classify that or categorize that relationship, but I believe it's very tight. And mm. I think from what we understand, Shawn Michaels has been the one that's been sort of left responsible for getting in touch with Gargano here and saying, when are we, what are we looking at here, boy? Like, yeah. are we, are you coming Are we, can we get this thing going? Are you ready yet? Like mm-hmm. we want you. And I, I can't imagine if that's the case with Shawn Michaels getting a promotion recently and triple H being in charge creatively, you don't bring Johnny Gargano back and then disappoint, right? Right. You don't say, Hey, yeah, we, we've got some stuff for you. And then just let him fly under the radar. I think there's a plan for him and I don't know what it is and how it'll go. But um, I do believe that that's something they, they want there. Who's, who's the one person that has debuted so far of the triple H returns that you think has the highest ceiling?
1: Oh, good question. Um, Huh? I mean, I always thought it was, I always, I I thought it was very, very strange when Dakota Kai, when they got rid of Dakota Kai. Like I thought that was really weird because it seemed like she was on the verge of something big down there. Um, I'm looking forward to her not being part of a trio and kind of going solo and doing her own thing. Cause I actually, I think she's great. I think she's a great wrestler and I think she's super entertaining and she's really sort of worked on her, her character work and nailed down a kind of, persona um and she's not doing that weird crazy girl thing that she was doing back in nxt that wasn't wasn't really working um so yeah maybe dakota kai i think you know I, i'm not like a, I, i'm not a huge fan of dexter Loomis's in ring work but i think if utilized correctly and given like a good enough story he can do some good stuff i think he's better i think he's kind of better more as like a, in a sort of comedy role like he was with the indie hartwell stuff down in nxt um, so yeah, I mean, hopefully they don't take, you know, they don't try to treat him too seriously. And then I, I'm not sure who else is there. I'm, forget, I'm, I'm who well, I forgetting. figure Cross is the,
2: is the guy that mm. everybody figured would be a huge star. And then they just had totally dropped the ball when they made his main roster debut. <laughs> and then hit row was really unique in the fact yeah. that they are quite different than any faction WWE's had in some right. time. I'm not sure I'm convinced about their in-ring work, but, um they have the potential to be something quite unique
1: yeah i mean hit row without swerve because at least when i mean when when swerve was there you know he was the workhorse he's the guy that like could go the other three were like i I mean i will say i was impressed with their in-ring work at nxt like considering how how green they were um they do yeah i think And I I can't say that I'm not not sure they have like a high ceiling, but I'm definitely excited to see, to see where they go. Um, Less interested. I don't know if I'm less interested in them, but certainly without Swerve, it's a different, you know, a sort of different thing. Well, to me, Hit
2: Row and Dexter Loomis, depending on how you present them and how you, you know, showcase them for your audience have such unique uh, characteristics and personality features about them that they could be quite big and you could probably keep them out of the ring for a while and still right. really do something with him. I think Karen cross though, to me is the one guy who has a ton of potential because he's got the size, he's got the look, he's got the ability, he's got Scarlet. Um, he is everything WWE wants on the resume of what a wrestler should look like, even yeah. triple H, right? Cause he can, he can wrestle. So it's mm-hmm. not like uh, he doesn't just look good and he can't do anything. He can mm-hmm. actually go and mm-hmm. his, his character is unique. And I think, throwing him into the main event scene with Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre and seeing where that'll go. Uh, I think that's smart. And so it's a statement
1: of intent for sure.
2: Yeah. And I'm curious to see if there's anybody else outside of Gargano uh, who Triple H look at, do you think uh, just closing things off here, do you think he's focused a little too much on NXT? Uh, you mean on
1: bringing NXT stars to the main roster.
2: Yeah. Like he's no. really, he's really kind of said, okay, here I, I, I loved my black and gold i bringing some of these guys back. And I, I do give him credit because the one pe- the people he is bringing back were very unique. They had yeah. different things about them, right? They were yeah. just lost in the shuffle of NXT. They were standouts for multiply, multiple different reasons in NXT. But is he going too heavy? Like, he's really pushing Champa. He's really pushing others that were big NXT people. Um, and we do have to say, there's some people that didn't watch NXT as much as they watched anything else. So they, yeah. they need more intro and familiarity with these people
1: yeah yeah i think it would be a bit a mistake to push a bunch of nxt people and only like to just to put all his eggs in that nxt basket i think he does need to kind of you know you've got aj styles and people like that on that roster edge people like that so there's still i think he does need to get a good balance right but yeah certainly i I can't see any harm coming from some fresh blood and you know, carrying cross and Dexter Loomis, and you know, assuming he comes back, Gargano and Dakota Kai and Io Sky and people like that. I think I just it, WWE was in desperate need of some of of, of a change up, and that's what we're we're getting. So I'm not going to complain. You think we'll see any main main roster people come back? Like, there's talk about Wyatt. I don't know how serious it is, but do you think we see that? Um, I it's hard to say. It doesn't seem like he's that bothered right right now. Maybe Braun Strowman comes back, someone like that. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's I, I'm not sure about Bray. Um, yeah, hard to say. I can't really think of who else who else there is that we're sort of missing. But well, it seems like Triple H is focused on the the
2: ones that we were all like, really, they let that person go. Yeah, like, when you saw those releases, now some of them have been hired by AEW. But like when you saw those names, you're like, why? Why would he yeah. let that person go? Those are the ones that not under contract with AEW. Triple H seems to be bringing back. So it's kind of yeah. like. Who else is on that list? The people who were cut, who aren't working somewhere <laughs> right now, Gargano, Wyatt, those guys that are like, why would you? Well, I guess Gargano wasn't let go, but like, why would
1: you release those people? Tyler Breeze, like, Fandango, right? Like, that's what <laughs> I mean. Back. Like anybody is
2: really shocking. They were like, huh, I could see them bringing those guys back. Like even right. Enzo and Cass, I could see like, it's just, it seems crazy to say it. And it doesn't really make sense considering some of their reputations, but like they were really over for a yeah. very long
1: time and triple H knew how to
2: deal with them. Right. I'd say
1: bring back, uh, bring back Alexander Wolf and, and give us the, the real Imperium, you know?
2: Yeah. I well, speaking of Wolf. I mean, there's sanity too, right? Like that was a big thing with triple H. You never know. Right. So it'd be very interesting to see what happens here. Um, we'll have to do another show here right after probably all out. Cause we're going to have clash of the castle on September 3rd. We're going to have all out September 4th. Uh, makes a lot of sense for us. If not beforehand, maybe we'll do pre-show and do a post-show. Um, but yeah, if you're cool with it and you're back and we're back in full swing, writing articles for the Sportster and uh, keeping up on the product, uh, we'll, we'll get you on again and we'll do uh, do a, pro- a pre-show for both those pay-per-views maybe. Hell yeah, sounds good to me. Okay, thanks. Uh, for everybody else, this has been another edition of the Sportster Show brought to you by Norman Quaranton yours truly, Jim Parsons. Uh, check out the thesportster.com for all the articles. Go to the podcast page, uh, download, subscribe, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate it. And we'll talk to you when we do another episode of the sports show. Thanks everybody.